Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the DLC Drop Podcast. Today it's my pleasure to welcome Jesse Iwuji. He has an inspiring, amazing story about becoming a U.S. Naval officer, then a professional NASCAR driver and team owner alongside Emmett Smith. He's going to talk about the opportunity generating system that they are creating and how they're bridging the gap from simulator racing to professional physical motorsports. Let's talk to Jesse. Drop in the untold stories of industry leaders, influencers, and insights on future innovation. I'm John Davidson, and this is the DLC DLC Drop Drop Podcast. Podcast. All right, welcome to another episode of the DLC Drop Podcast. Today, it's my pleasure to welcome Jesse Abuji. Jesse is an inspirational figure who has accomplished a ton and isn't done accomplishing these things. I just love what you're doing, Jesse. You are a professional NASCAR driver. You're a co-owner of a team. You're an actively serving U.S. Naval officer, and you're a co-founder of eSports, the eRacing Association. I'm surprised you have enough time for the podcast. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for having me on the show. And yeah, that's that's actually just everything you just mentioned is maybe half of the things I do. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who has my hands in a number of things, I can relate to that. And I think it's incredible. Why don't you help our our audience understand how did this journey start and kind of take us a summary of how you got to where you are today? Yeah, so the journey's definitely been different than most of the other drivers and stuff in NASCAR. Most drivers start off racing, you know, go-karts and then move on to other different forms of racing and start working their way up different series, whether it's in NASCAR or Formula One or IndyCar or whatever other racing. That's a typical trajectory. But for me, I did not come from a family that had anything to do with racing. I didn't come from a family that had a ton of money to even get me into racing or anything like that. I took a football journey in my life. So originally I'm from Dallas, Texas. Both of my parents are immigrants from Nigeria. They came over from Nigeria to the U.S. with not much, but they were able to grind really hard to build their lives, slowly elevate their lives. They didn't want to end where they started. Even though they came here with nothing, they weren't going to end here with nothing. So while watching my parents continue to elevate their lives and, and our lives, I learned a lot from that. And, you know, they taught us something that their parents taught them, which is when you have kids, your kids need to end up being better than you. They need to mm. end up having more, achieving more. And, and just being overall better. Like if your kids aren't better than you as parents, if they don't end up being better than you, then you failed them. Wow. You, know, you got to put them in a position to, to be able to become much more than you were. But you got to, at the same time as a parent, grow to be much more than what your parents were, right? So right. Like there should be no stagnant anything. Like it should always continue to elevate higher and higher. And, you know, I'm, you know, one day when I have kids, I want to make sure that they're better than, you know, me, a lot better. I don't know, maybe they'll become the president of this country. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Don't roll it out. So anyways, you know, I went the football route, you know, obviously being from Texas, football is like the biggest thing in Texas. So I grinded really hard to get better and better at football. I wasn't good at first, but I knew if I was going to get good, I needed to put in maximum effort, energy, focus, concentration, and have maximum faith so that I could get myself to the level I wanted to be at. So I played in middle school, played in high school, slowly got better and better throughout high school. And I let my effort be what was going to elevate me, even though I wasn't, I didn't have all the skills necessary at first. I could get the skills by putting in the big effort. Eventually, I started getting recruited by a few schools once I got to my junior year, senior year to go off and play college football. And one of those schools was the Naval Academy. I looked at it as a really good opportunity 
to go to a great school, get a great education, and then when I graduate from there, be able to serve as an officer in the United States Navy. So it was just a win in all different directions, and the football team was really good. So uh, decided to go to, yeah, exactly. Decided to go to the Naval Academy, played football there all four years. Also ran track while I was there as well. And when I graduated, became a surface warfare officer in the Navy, which put me on the ships. While on the ships, I was stationed in San Diego, but I went on a couple different deployments, going all around the world, mainly spending a lot of that time in the Middle East. And in between the deployments and in between my underways with the ships, I was, when I would be back home in San Diego, I, I liked cars a lot. I liked going fast. So I bought a fast car, actually bought two fast cars and would take them to tracks. And I would do these open track days where anybody could take their vehicle to the track and, and, you know, drag race it at the drag strip or go to a road course track and do an open track day there. And as I started developing some skills doing that, one day I was just had this crazy idea that I could become a professional race car driver. And wow. I, yeah, I had a whiteboard on my wall and I had some goals written down on it. I pulled the whiteboard off, erased whatever I had on there, and wrote one big goal, become a pro driver. And that's where my journey began to start going after this, this racing goal. I knew I didn't know where to go, what to do, but I knew I was a resourceful person. So I started doing research online to figure out, okay, from an outsider coming in, what gets someone into racing, what keeps them in racing, what allows them to be able to be successful there. And also what gets people out of racing, right? I wanted sure. to learn. So I spent a lot of time doing that. And as I was doing the research, I put it, I put together all the different data points and started understanding, okay, this is what I got to do to get to where I want to go in racing. And I knew I was going to be starting with pretty much nothing, but I knew I could build myself into something, right? This is a land of opportunity. Hmm. So I just used knowledge and skills and resources that I learned while in the military, while playing football, while being at the Naval Academy, all that stuff. And I applied it towards my journey towards becoming a driver. And one thing led to another where I slowly... You know, I found teams to start testing with and I found teams to start racing with and I found ways to find money to pay for this all because racing isn't free and it's not cheap. No. Um, I didn't do all this stuff. It's in, in a way, getting to racing is like starting a startup business. You got to find mm -hmm. the funds and then you got to create, create everything, right? So yeah. uh, I had to do that. And through a lot of grinding over the years, started working my way up the ranks. And then eventually I got to the point where I was like, hey, if I really, really want to get to the top level, I need to start my own team so that... I can be in more control of my destiny instead of letting other teams be in control of my destiny. And mm. last year we made the announcement that we were starting our own racing team and we're partnered with uh, Emmett Smith on the, on the venture and a couple other partners. And we were able to bring on board some, you know, great sponsors like equity prime mortgage, Coca-Cola, Chevrolet, and a few other folks who have jumped in to assist on this journey. And it's been great being able to, you know, ride through the waves of this year. We've had ups, downs, but we're continuing to grow as a team and get better as a team. I've been learning a lot, not only from the driver's side, but also the, the ownership side. And that's been interesting, but it's been a wild journey. And outside of all the racing and still serving in the Navy and the reserves now, but outside of all that stuff, I have some other businesses. I put on drag racing events. I, I invest in real estate. I, we have an esports company where we put on esports events and give away big cash prizes during these events mm -hmm. um, for viewers to watch them. Um, and then, you know, outside of all that stuff, I have some other business ventures that I'm part of. And yeah, just continue to grind however I can to elevate life and take it to the highest levels possible. The DLC Drop podcast is sponsored by Ice Shaker. I've been a huge fan of this brand for the past few years, ever since I met founder Chris Gronkowski. What I love about this product is the brand story, the functionality, and the customization. 
iShaker is a Shark Tank company invested in by Mark Cuban and Alex Rodriguez, owned by NFL players Rob Gronkowski and Chris Gronkowski. I love using my iShaker anytime I'm driving to the podcast studio, I'm going skateboarding, or I'm at the gym. No matter what I'm doing, it just does a great job of keeping my drinks hot or cold. The customization for iShaker is something that's super unique. You can get any name, just about any logo engraved onto your iShaker and delivered to you within just three to five business days. Get your own DLC Drop branded iShaker at iShaker.com forward slash DLC Drop. Save 20% on all iShaker products with the discount code DLC Drop. Wow, that is quite a vision that you've had. And I love just your perseverance of, you know, you see obstacles ever since football in high school, right? That like, hey, I've got this thing I want to do. I can't do it yet. I'm going to work until I get there. It does sound like that vision comes from your parents who sound incredible. In addition to that, you named that uh, the Navy really helped you apply skills or taught you skills that you could then apply to make your, your driving pursuit successful. What were some of those things that were key that you learned in the Navy that enabled you to be successful in driving? Yeah, I would say number one really is figuring out a way to not make excuses, right? So like we all go through whatever test in life that we're going through, things will be hard, things will happen to us along the way. But at the end of the day, you can't make any excuses. You got to be able to push forward. If something good happens, I'm like, thank you, God. If something bad happens, I'm like, sorry, God, like I screwed up I, somehow, some way, even though everything was always meant to be, right? However mm-hmm. it goes, we're putting a consistent, constant energy towards it in a good, positive way. As long as you're staying faithful the entire time, and, you know, as long as you just continue belief that you'll make it happen, whatever happens, good or bad, it was meant to happen. It's all part of the journey. But while doing all that stuff, you got to stay ridiculously resourceful, right? When you don't have something, it doesn't mean that you can't ever get it. It just means you got to figure out how to get it, right? You got to figure out who can I talk to? Who can I get in contact with? What can I go do? What can I research? What can I, whatever it is, figure out a way to get it. A message to Garcia is this little book that we got at the Naval Academy and it basically taught us about like there was this guy and he needed to get some message to this person and he was in battle and combat and war and he had no direction on where to go or what to do but he just had to get the message to Garcia mm. so he had to be resourceful as hell to make it happen and he did so we learned that very early at the academy even though you're not given everything you're not given all the pieces of the puzzle it doesn't matter you still have to make it happen so that's what we do and I've applied that to the racing side. I just became resourceful. I didn't have the experience to become a racing driver. I didn't have the money. I didn't have the all whatever I need to do. I didn't have any of that to start. doesn't matter. Like the vision's in my head that was going to happen. So I mean, it's going to happen as long as I put consistent energy towards it every single day. I insanely and obsessively believe that it's going to happen. And mm-hmm. I have unwavering faith the entire time that no matter what's going to happen, as long as I continue to put the energy towards it on a daily basis. Wow. What are some of the things you put into practice with self-belief? I've worked with a coach in the past, and one thing we talked about actually just the other day as we were doing a coaching session is positive affirmation and talking about yourself in positive ways, kind of convincing yourself to do that. Like, I am chosen. I am successful. I can do this. And it sounds funny when you say that sometimes, but when you do the opposite, it's super impactful. I'm ugly. I can't do it. 
I'm a failure. Right? And boy, when I say that, I even feel it. I'm like, stop <laughs> saying that. But yeah. is that a tactic? Are there other things that our audience can learn from you to really push to your maximum? Yeah. Yeah, it is a tactic. I wouldn't say I'm the... Okay. I, I guess I do the affirmations thing in a way. Mm-hmm. I, 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 don't, I, I do it, I guess, but not... Not the way that most people do it, right? Like, I do talk about the journey. I don't really talk about myself. I'm not like, hey, I am this, I am that, blah, 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 all that stuff. I don't really do that. Mm-hmm. But what I do, I do positively affirm the process and the end destination. Like, mm. this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. I just confirm that all the stuff I saw or I see along the way is going to happen. I guess I do that, right? I don't really probably affirm myself. I don't Yeah. I don't get- on myself like hey i'm the best at this i'm the best at that whatever no but i just say i will do this and i will no matter what this is going to happen so i guess i possibly affirm the journey if that makes sense yeah it's a little less focus on yourself and it's more on what your person could include a team other people Mm -hmm. it's probably a more humble approach than saying i'm awesome all the time (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah because i i don't i i know that my mind is like ridiculously like powerful yeah, and and like I can just manifest things and make things happen, not just by thinking about it, but by thinking about it because I saw it, and then putting energy towards it and having faith that it's just going to happen because I'm putting energy towards it and because I saw it. So yeah. uh, because of that, that's why I don't really got to tell myself that I'm like you know awesome or blah 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 whatever. I don't I don't need to because. I, I need to positively affirm all the other stuff. There's stuff that's like not literally in my hands that I need to affirm. I'm, I'm not worried about me. I know what I can do. Yeah. I just need to affirm the rest of the stuff that's not necessarily always in my hands or in my control. I got to bring it into my control by affirming that it's going to happen. I like that. You know, one thing that's amazing about your story and what you're you're doing just recently in the last year or two is this partnership with Emmett Smith, the ownership of an NASCAR team. And motorsports does not have great diversity, great representation with minorities. And I've watched a bunch of interviews of you to be ready for this one. And one thing that I really took from your your interviews, you and Emmett Smith being interviewed is changing through ownership by being you talked about being in control of your own destiny motorsports is super expensive to get into as a young person so people of any color might have a lot of trouble getting into it if they're coming from lower income housing but or or you don't see anybody who looks like you doing this right so it doesn't even cross your mind talk a little bit about what you and emmett are doing together and the opportunities you're providing in motorsports yeah. So by having ownership, we help, or we're basically able to help control our destinies, right? We don't have other people controlling our destinies. And by doing that, we also can be able to provide opportunities to others who might not feel like they have any type of handle on their destinies because of whatever outside factors and forces. It could be not having the right resources, having this, having that. And maybe they haven't creatively figured out a way to make all that stuff happen. But by us having ownership, maybe we can figure it out for them but we wouldn't be able to do it without owning a team. So that's why it was super important to be able to um, start this team, get it going. Obviously, we can't do everything in one day. You know, I'm going to slowly continue to build opportunities for people over the years, and we're really going to become an opportunity-generating system. And Mm. once we really get to the point of where I know we can be, uh, it's going to be awesome. Like, we're going to be able to do so many things for people 
who maybe haven't figured out that last puzzle piece and we'll be able to help them because at some point, like we all needed some help. We needed, everyone needed some type of, in a way, Kickstarter to get them going in whatever direction or to keep them going in a certain direction. That's right. We might become the Kickstarter for, we're probably going to become the Kickstarter for a lot of people. We're going to be a catalyst to help others grow into whatever they're supposed to be, whatever it is, we're going to get there. But we couldn't do it without ownership. And that's why it's super important. I love that opportunity generation system perspective. A lot of times I can relate to it when starting a new podcast or starting a new business or something is there's this hump you kind of have to get over. And it's not like you everything's figured out after that. But sometimes there's this hump that once you get there, or once you get beyond that, things just get easier, whether that's funding, whether that's building a team. And it sounds like you guys are helping to kind of fast track and get people over this hump. So whatever they do best, the way that they were designed, they can do it. They can reach their maximum potential like you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know no, for sure. And yeah, everyone needs, like I said, everyone needs that kickstart in some way, whether it's a start or to keep going. And yeah, we, we figured out a lot of things so far. And it's been because we've gone through all the craziness that was necessary to even get to this point. But because we've learned all this stuff, we can help impart that knowledge on other people and impart that energy and impart, impart uh, what we got so that we can help others achieve their goals too. Because I'm a huge believer that if you help others achieve their dreams, your dreams come true too. Absolutely. Well, another aspect that you're in touch with is esports. And that's definitely my background, my the foundation of this podcast. I think it's so cool that sim racing directly translates to the track. And a lot of people don't realize that. And that can greatly help lower barriers to en- entry, which can result in more diversity in the motorsports space. Share a little bit about what you're doing with, what is it called? The uh, E-Racing Association. E-Racing Association. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, basically what we did was we knew how expensive racing was. And we know sim racing, sim racing, like virtual racing, has been growing. And it's been growing because it's definitely a lot cheaper than real life motorsports. But you still get the same feel and you actually get the same feel that you can translate to a real life car. If you go play Call of Duty or, you know, I don't know, Fortnite or whatever, you can't like translate that stuff to like real life. Like as zero application. Right. right? Exactly but, right. Um, uh, sim racing, you know, it does have real application. The cars feel like they do in real life. They drive and behave the same in the sim as they do in real life. So you can actually translate all those different skills that you learn in that. The race craft, the field, tire wear, tire conservation, fuel management, setups, all that stuff. You can translate a lot of that stuff to real life, which is super helpful. There's really not many other things that can do that. If I go play NBA 2K2, or not 2K2, <laughs> that's like 2002. <laughs> 2K22, (laughs) you know, it doesn't, it's not going to translate to real life basketball. If I'm really good on there, it doesn't mean I'm going to be able to be like LeBron James, right? Right. So what we did was we created the E-Racing Association to give people the opportunity to race from home and feel like a professional, make money like a professional, and compete against some of the best people around not only the U.S., but around the world. And we started off with our first platform doing it was iRacing, which Mm -hmm. is probably the realistic simulator out there. And then we added on different other platforms too to put on events as well each quarter, Gran Turismo and Mario Kart. Nice. Um, we added, yeah, we are added the Mario Kart side because we knew there's kids out there who are, you know, love cars, love carts, love racing, all that stuff, and they're on Mario Kart. Well, let's give them an opportunity to compete too. Maybe they don't got the money or resources right now to get a full-on simulator and do that, 
but they can get a little Nintendo Switch and, and play Mario Kart and compete against other kids and adults around the world. So we created that side of it too, so we can have a ladder system where you can go from Mario Kart to Gran Turismo to iRacing, or you can go from iRacing to Mario Kart if you want, whatever it is. We just want something that can, can reach the masses. And we've been, you know, steadily putting on these events. <clears throat> we have an event pretty much each month, different platforms we do each month. So one month will be Mario Kart, the next month will be Gran Turismo, the next month will be iRacing, then back to Mario Kart and so on. So we do that throughout the year and it's been great. And uh, we've been giving away a lot of money. Our biggest prize pool is $5,000. Hopefully we'll put one day to a point where we can, you know, give away $100,000 for a sim racing tournament. So that would be super cool, but couldn't do it without starting this league and uh, being able to really push this thing and do live broadcasts on social media and all that stuff. And it's been great. How do people get involved if they want to enter one of these events? If they want to enter, they can just head to our website, www.eragaming.gg. That's www.eragaming.gg. And they can head to the website, they can register for the events on there, and they can read all the information on what we have going on and, and you know, join the fun. I love that. Me, me and my seven-year-old son recently started racing Mario Kart together, and it's currently one of our favorite games. So we, we yeah. might see you on one of those events. I don't think I'm winning, but yeah, yeah. I, I might be competing. <laughs> the, the, uh, the kids on there that play are, like, so good. Yeah, digital <laughs> natives. Things. It is crazy. We thought putting on Mario Kart event will just be all, like, fun and games. I had no clue how good these people are at these games. They are, like, really, really good at, like, they know these crazy tricks. It's just like... <laughs> That's insane. Did you discover sim racing before your open track racing or afterwards? I would, you know, did these open track days with my Corvette, would do these track days like once or twice a month. I did that in 2013, 2014, and then I discovered sim racing going into 2015. Mm. And how did that change what you were doing on an in an actual car once you got into sim racing? I- yeah, the sim racing side helped a lot. I started learning a lot more tracks. I started learning a lot more race craft skills. And I started being able to do it a lot more without worrying about the you know heavy cost of getting in a real car on track. You know, even with my open track days, they weren't like crazy expensive, but you know, you still gotta account for getting tires and, and you know oil changes and you know brake fluid changes and brake rotors and brake pads and whatever else you had to replace that would either break or wear down after you know X amount of track days. So jumping on the sim, I can jump, I can be on there hour, I can be on there, you know, hundred hours a week. And, you know, the only thing that you're using is electricity. <laughs> yeah. What is the biggest difference from those open track days to now when you're actually racing in NASCAR races? I would say the biggest jump from that is really, you know, feeling the G-forces, understanding that now you're in real life environment where if you do make a mistake and crash, it costs more money. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's some of the biggest things right there. And also the competition is just really, really good. And, you know, your body just does things different in a real life car than it does on a sim. The sim will help you get to a certain point, but mm-hmm. uh, nothing really fully replaces real life racing. That's interesting. How has interaction with Emmett Smith, now that you've gotten to know him, did you know him before or before your deal began to come to fruition as, say, a youth? Or did you meet him closer to your deal coming together with the with your motorsports team? I met him closer to, you know, actually, I met him really in 2020. And then that's kind of, that's when we started talking more. And then eventually we led towards figuring out this deal to you know, have him be a co-owner on the team. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, really he just believed in everything that we were looking to do, which was, you know, get this race team going in NASCAR, have ownership in NASCAR, you know, be able to create this opportunity generating system, be able to create programs where we can help transitioning service members, be able to create programs where we can do things for kids who are dealing with life-threatening illnesses. You know, we're, there's different foundations we're partnered with to bring a lot of goodness to them too as well. And you know, all these different things we could do, diversify motorsports, all this stuff, you know, he was all on board on. So it wasn't, it didn't take a lot of convincing to make this happen. I think he was on board and everything he stands for, you know, since he played football, you know, he's been able to, you know, build his entrepreneurship life. He, he invests in a lot of real estate, has different programs and, and companies he, he's part of. And, you know, he's been able to really kind of build a great life since then. And it's, it was just great having someone like him on board to help really blow this thing up even bigger. Yeah, it sounds like a perfect partnership. If I'm a young person without a lot of money, with an interest in motorsports, and I'm listening to this episode, how can I get involved and get into that opportunity generating system? Yeah, yeah. So first thing I would highly suggest for anybody looking to get into motorsports, maybe doesn't have a lot of money, is do what you can to save up some money and get a simulator first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of training on there. And then so I guess figure out your way into the, and at least into our opportunity generating system really is one, you got to be a grinder, right? You got to be someone who's willing to go take the hard jobs, do the tough things and, and, and work your way up, right? Like we're, we're, we're still a small team. We're still building it. We're in year one. We're not even, we're not even done with year one. We're not even like halfway through year one. <laughs> All know? hands so, on deck, startup mode, right? Yeah, yeah we're in startup mode. So mm -hmm. I wish we I wish we could hire the world, but we can't hire everybody. You only have so much money, right? right. So, but, you know, figuring out, just continuing to figure out a way, network and, and be present, that helps, you know, people should go out. If you're looking to elevate your life and go from nothing to something, you got to be willing to do the hard things. Like, you know, when I was in my first year of trying to get into racing, I would go to as many tracks as I could, as many NASCAR races as I could, as many other, you know, bigger racing series as I could figure out a way to get into the pits and go meet people. You know, I spend my own money to get there, spend my own money to do whatever I had to do. And that's what you got to do. If, if, you know, I would go help teams out, you know, uh, do, do different things, never ask for any pay, any money, anything like that. You got to go, you got to go do the hard stuff, right? But that's putting skin in the game. Cause when you put that skin in the game, the game will put it back into you. So be willing to do the hard things, be willing to work outside of your normal hours, be willing to, you know, put in a lot of time, a lot of energy, when you're trying to elevate your life and once again, like you mentioned, starting from like nothing where you don't have much, you gotta be willing to put it all in. You gotta, if you gotta go work your normal job and then in the after hours, you're spending the next six hours of your day or night, you know, working on accomplishing the goals and dreams. That's what you have to do. We're, we all start from a different place in life. Some people start more blessed and they got more money and more resources, whatever. So maybe life isn't as hard for them to get to the next level. But there's other people who start literally on the streets. And if you got to start there, that's where you're starting. But just know the journey is going to be steep going from there, but it's not impossible. Hmm. So really kind of got to take that and go because everyone starts. Like, I can't give a definite path on where someone needs to go to get to where we're at. But there is a way if you're willing to put in the time. So what does it take? Everything. How long does it take? As long as, it's, as, long as you need it to take. How many reps you got to take? As many as you can. You know, like there is no, <laughs> there's no number. Yeah, there's no limit to what you can do when you put in the work and you treat people right, right? I mean, I, I think if I was listening to this episode, I would look up your schedule and when a NASCAR race is coming anywhere within driving distance of where I'm at, 
find a way to get in those pits, meet you, meet Emmett, and say, put me to work. I will do anything you need me to do. Exactly. There you go. That's, that is it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I love your story. You're, you're inspiring me. I love the opportunity to inspire our listeners. What are the different ways that people can follow you and follow the things you're associated with in the ways that you would like them to? Yeah, you know, they can head on social media. We're on all the channels, you know, look up Jesse Wuji or Jesse Wuji Motorsports. If you can't spell my name, just go on Google and type in Navy NASCAR driver. You'll see my name. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can type that in all, all the social media channels, follow there. You can go to our website, jessewujimotorsports.com. And uh, yeah, there's, uh, you know, follow us and send messages. We're, we're all on there. You know, we answer, or at least I answer everything. <laughs> and, you know, Emmett's super busy. So like, yeah, Emmett's uh, not answering. I could tell you, yeah. I hit you up on LinkedIn <laughs> after someone suggested we connect. And I was shocked with how, how fast you got back to me and just thrilled that you're here. So I can attest personally, he does answer the messages, folks. Yeah, no, I mean, LinkedIn, I'm actually, that's probably the worst on LinkedIn. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> that's the slowest one. I'm the slowest one on LinkedIn. Or that's the slowest platform I'm, I am on because I get way too many spam on there, but I do answer stuff. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for the time today. Really appreciate what you're doing. Glad to help support you and can't wait to see all that you're going to accomplish even more than you have so far. Thank you so much for having me. Our pleasure. Thank you for listening to the DLC Drop Podcast. This podcast is part of the Esports Futuri Podcast Network and produced by Innovation Media Enterprises. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast channel and leave us a review. 